Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. So we're talking about an experience that Dad Hagen had. Dad Hagen uh, was facing a situation in his life where his wife was going to, she needed an operation to be operated on. And I tell this story of, of Kenneth Hagen because he's our spiritual father. And there's answers in these, in these testimonies that I want to get into your life. And his wife, years ago when they were in their 30s, she was diagnosed with a gorder and it needed to be operated on. But he said he sensed in his spirit that if she had the operation, she would die. She sensed the same thing. So he's praying for her that uh, endeavoring to exercise his faith over that situation so that that situation can be turned around. And Jesus appeared to Dad Hagen on one occasion after him praying about this situation. Jesus appeared to Dad Hagen, and I want to read this section again to you. And then we're going to say, address some of the other things that Jesus said to him in this vision that Jesus had. Now, this is recorded in Dad Hagen's book, I Believe in Visions. It's un under chapter five. But Jesus said uh, to Dad Hagen, he says, I've come to answer your prayers meaning to rescue his wife from a premature death. And then Jesus said, I did this son just because you asked me to. You don't know how I long to do for my children if they would only ask me and believe. Many times they beg and cry and pray, but they don't believe. And I cannot answer their prayers unless they have faith because I cannot violate my word. But how often I long to help them if they would only let me by taking me at my word and bringing me their problems, trusting me to undertake for them. So we see this. Jesus longs to help us. But unless we release our faith, it, he can't help us. Our faith is us giving him permission. And so he said, if they would let me help. Letting him help means number one, taking him at his word. And then he said also bringing me their problems. Don't take your problem to your spouse and dump it on them. Don't take your financial problem to your boss and dump it on them. How many times uh, people will, they'll, they'll run into a financial problem and they'll try to go to the boss and put pressure on them to get a, a raise. Well, as Christians, we need to be putting our pressure on the word, not on people. Yes. The pressure, you put pressure on the word, you reach your faith on the word. I tell you what, the word will come through for you. And so many times people don't take their problems to God. They take their problems to their spouse. They take their problem to their boss. They take their problem to relatives and look to their relatives to bail them out. And when they do, they say, God's not helping me because we haven't taken our problems as we ought to him. And so we are so used to discussing them and conversing and telling it over and over. And if I could say this, it's a danger to be, to be someone who vents all the time. Meaning you tell the problem over and over. You've already told them, but you're telling them second time and you're telling them a third time. Venting is not faith. Venting means you haven't taken it to God yet. When you take it to God, you leave it there and say, he's working on it. He's working on it. And worry is you taking it back from him back into your own hands. So this is why Jesus said, I long to do for my children, but I can't because they won't let me. They won't give it to him and then walk off and leave it with him. 
Now, once you give it to him, once you lay your need on him and you say, I cast this care on you, I bring this need before you, I expect you to meet it. You walk off and it's not, you're not ever worried about that need, but from then on, you still have to have faith. You still have to expect, and this is what you're saying, Father, I thank you you're working on it. The answer's mine now. I thank you that that power is working in my behalf. So although we drop and leave our need with him, we keep praise in our mouth. It's so important. You can't just be mindless. You can't walk off and forget it and never talk to him about it again. You have to continue bringing it before him in praise, not in request, but in praise. And so this is what he said. I long to help them if they'll only let me. And then he tells us how to let him by taking me at my word. Believe that what he says is true. And number two, bringing me their problems. Number three, trusting me to undertake. So we can lay in bed at night and go to sleep going while I'm sleeping, he's working. While I'm sleeping, he's working on that business deal. While I'm sleeping, he's working on that part of my body that hasn't been working right. While I'm sleeping, he's working on my wayward children. That's what it means, believe that he, he's undertaking. And so this is why Jesus said why many aren't receiving what they should receive. Worry is a sign that you're not letting him help you. He wants to help you. He longs to. Um, <clears throat> years ago, my husband and I were in uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, preaching to a precious congregation there and uh, several ministers. There were probably about 15 ministers or so that were with us. They traveled with us over there. And it was my night to preach and I preached a sermon called The Sin of Worry. So many people don't really recognize that worry is a sin. They think it's an option, <laughs> but it's a sin. Why? Because Jesus said, take no thought for your life. That's worry. He's saying, don't, don't worry about your life. Take no thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what clothes you're going to put on. In Matthew chapter six, he states that. So I'm teaching on this that night on the sin of worry. I sit back down after, uh, after my sermon and this holy reverence comes over the whole congregation. There's probably about 900 people or so in that service that night. And I mean, the, the entire building went perfectly quiet. My husband had always taught me, usually when there comes that holy reverence in a service like that, he said, usually it's because Jesus has come into the service. I mean, that he has himself walked in. Well, we got up and we... We closed the service, but that reverence was still there. And so we walked out of the sanctuary. We went downstairs to where they had the hospitality room. As we're walking down the stairs, one of the ministers that's with us starts crying profusely. So we go into the hospitality room. We're sitting there and this minister comes up to me and said, Pastor Nancy, while we were walking down the stairs, he said, Jesus was standing there at the stairway. He said, tears were running down his cheeks. And he said, how I long to do for my people, but they won't let me because they're worried. And he said, worry is the primary reason that keeps people from receiving my blessings. Now see that he was weeping shows his intent, his, uh, his, his intense longing. Uh, you know, how, how heartbreaking it is to a parent 
when they see their child going the wrong direction, struggling and suffering, and a, and a parent walks up and says, I can tell you how to quit this problem. I can tell you the answer to this. And they think, I got, nope, I know it all. They won't listen. That parent goes away heartbroken, sometimes probably weeping because they know they're going to have to learn the hard way. They won't listen. When you don't listen, you don't receive help. Listen to his word. Let him work for you. And as a parent, you can, you can get so uh, disappointed that, that uh, your children won't allow you to help. How, that's what Jesus feels, a longing to help. And tears were running down his face because he longed to help. But as long as we're worrying, we're basically saying, I'm working on it, not you. I'm trying to fix it. I don't trust you can. And this is what Jesus told Dad Hagen. He said, how I long to help them if they'll only let me. Just know this, every time you worry, you quit letting him help you. So, worries a sin, then we, we say we're done with it. How do you know if you're worrying if you're thinking about it? So it's so important to have a disciplined thought life because an undisciplined thought life can keep him from helping you. If you're worrying, he can't help. Now, if uh, he said that, let him undertake. Now notice, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. What's he mean once and for all? That means if you had this financial need, let's say you need $5,000 and you need it immediately. Instead of worrying about it, wringing your hands about it, talking about it over and over at the dinner table, you take it to him and it says here, it says you cast it on him once and for all. What's that mean? Once you, once you give it to him, don't walk off and pick it back up. You take it to him and you leave it there once and for all. Don't pick it back up again and start handling again. Because anytime you take it back through worry, through having a dinner conversation about it, what you're doing is you're not letting him help you. And his longing goes unsatisfied and your need goes unmet. So it's so important that we're going to cast that care over on him. Because if it's in his hands, he can work on it. If it's in our hands, he can't work on it. How many times can you help somebody fix something when they're the ones holding it? You cannot, uh, you, if, if somebody needs your help, they've got to put it in your hands. I mean, an item, let's say somebody broke something and you can put it back together. You can maybe glue it, whatever, uh, take steps to put it back together. Uh, but if they won't get it out of their hands and put it in yours, you can't help them. That's what Jesus is saying. People don't let me because they keep it in their hands. So I'm going to tell you this. If you cast a care over on the Lord, the devil's going to tempt you with that worry to take it back. So what do you do? You have to answer that and say, no, I put it in his hands and he's working on it. He's working on it and I'm going to let him work on it. I'm not going to take it back and keep him from working on it by me worrying about it. Now, 
That's one of the main points in that passage that I wanted you to get out of, out of that testimony that Dad Hagen got, that Jesus longs to help. But if we're not in faith, we, we hinder him from being able to help us. Now, another thing that Jesus said when he appeared to Dad Hagen about his wife's condition, Jesus first, when the first thing he said to him, he said, I have come to answer your prayer. So notice this, Jesus showed up and worked in response to Dad Hagen's prayer. What if he hadn't prayed? What if he had just gone to the doctor? What if they just take, gone to relatives, gone to just people, other people's counsel? What if he hadn't talked to God about it? So notice this, Jesus didn't show up because he had a need. Jesus showed up because he, because Dad Hagen talked to him. How important so many people are in the habit of talking to other people about the problem and not talking to God about it. So Jesus said, I've come to answer your prayer. Notice this, Jesus did not initiate the rescue for Dad Hagen's wife. Dad Hagen initiated it. Jesus might not have ever said anything to him about it. So many times people think, well, God knows I have a need. Absolutely, he knows you have a need. But just because he knows you have a need does not mean he's going to make a step toward your answer. You have to talk to him and release your faith. He said, I've come to answer your, to answer your prayer. He didn't say, I've come to answer your need. He said, I've come to answer your prayer. So don't... Sometimes it's so easy that we can be thinking about a need that we have so much that we realize, hey, I mean, I mean, prayed about this. I've just thought about it and I've conversed about it and I've told everybody I know about it. But we have to make sure we talk to him about it because Dad Hagen prayed about his wife's condition. Jesus was able to intervene. Jesus wants to intervene. When people pray, there are many things that can be changed. He's letting you know. He was letting us know through Dad Hagen's experience because you prayed, now something can be changed. Don't just, don't just accept things as they are. Sometimes they can be changed if you'll talk to God about it. If, they, if you'll pray about it, things can be changed. Amen. And I would say this, our faith will work further than we ever dreamed it will work. It can accomplish more than we ever realized it can accomplish. And Dad Hagen did not just pray about this once and then walk off and forget it. Dad Hagen kept bringing it before God, not in worry, but in faith, expecting God to intervene, expecting Jesus to do something. Now, this is a really unique experience in this sense of that Jesus appeared to Dad Hagen. Most of us are not going to have that. But if we'll pay attention to what Jesus said when he did appear to Dad Hagen, then we'll know what he, how, he'll, how he'll respond to us. If we will do what he did and said in his word, Mark eleven twenty four, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe, believe. That's exactly what Dad Hagen did. He kept bringing it to God in faith, talking to God about this situation that he knew in his spirit his wife was going to die prematurely if she had this operation on her gorder. He's trying to get that changed. He keeps talking to God about it. Quit accepting things when they can be changed. 
If they can be changed, get them changed. Don't wait for God to change it. God's allowing you to initiate that change. He invited Dad Hagen to basically initiate that change by just saying that healing belongs to us. That he didn't have a special word from God. If you'll talk to me about it, I'll rescue your wife. God didn't even say anything to him about the wife. Dad Hagen was the first one that, that brought it up before God. So many times people are sitting back and waiting for God to bring it up and he's waiting for you to bring it up. If it means something to you, bring it up. And so this is what Jesus said. I've come to answer your prayer. Could I say this? Many times people quit too soon. They quit too soon. They quit. If something doesn't change, they just give up on it or accept it. Dad Hagen would not accept. Now he sensed for years that his wife was going to die prematurely, but he wouldn't accept that. No, it's not God who was going to allow her to die. He just knew there was an assignment against her life that the devil had formed. And he knew that anything that anything we're going to receive help from God on, we're going to have to release faith. What was that situation waiting for? Someone's faith to show up to get that thing changed. And so Dad Hagen's faith showed up. Uh, when something needs changing, don't give up. Don't quit too soon. Now, the next point that Dad Hagen tells in this experience is that when Jesus showed up and said, I've come to answer your prayer, Dad Hagen then stated what his prayer had been. His prayer was, Father, I've obeyed you. I'm traveling, I'm preaching, I've left my family to travel and carry out your will. My wife has paid a price. She stayed at home raising our children. But basically what he said this, I've obeyed you and done your will. Notice this. If we're in disobedience, it's going to be real hard to plead your case with God when you have a need. If you don't really care what God's will is for your life, and then all of a sudden a need shows up and now you want your need met, but you still don't want to fulfill his will. You're going, to have, you're going to have problems with your faith working. Faith works when you're in obedience, not when you're in disobedience. So Dad Hagen was pleading his case. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 26, it says this, Put me in remembrance, let us plead together. De declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So notice this, Dad Hagen was telling us that his prayer was, he was pleading his case with God. He said, God, I sense that my wife is going to die prematurely. He said, but I've obeyed you. I've carried out your will. So what is he saying? When you're, in, when you're walking in line with the word of God, you have a right to have the benefits of that word moving in your life. Now, I would say this. If a need shows up, you're going to need your faith to work to get that need met. The first thing before you start praying is double check yourself. Am I obeying God's will for my life? Because faith will not work where there's disobedience. We have to be obeying the will of God. I remember Dad Hagen telling also a story one time. He was telling about how he was awakened one night in the middle of the night. His son was in the military. And he, Dad Hagen was awakened in the middle of the night and he sensed that God had woke him up because he sensed that there, his son's life was in danger. So he started praying. And his son later told how his life was supernaturally, divinely rescued because Dad Hagen prayed. After he prayed and that his son's life was spared and rescued, 
God spoke to him and said, if you had not obeyed my will for your life, I could not have intervened and rescued your son. Now notice this. God wants to rescue people. He wants to help. But when they're in disobedience, their faith won't work. And if their faith isn't working, then he has no entrance into that situation. It's not that he says, okay, you obey me, so I'll, I'll help you. You don't obey me, so I won't help you. It's not that. It's that when we obey, our faith works and he can help. When someone is not obeying what God's told them to do, their faith doesn't work right. And so they're trying to get help. They want help, but sometimes we have to adjust some things so our help can come. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect in everything. I'm saying your heart has to be toward God. Your heart has to, I want to obey God. Yes, no, everything might not be in place in my life, but my heart is in place. My heart is I want to do right before God. In my spirit, I want God's best for my life. When you're that way, faith can flow, you see. So if you have a need in your life, just double check and make sure that your heart is in agreement, your spirit is in agreement with his will for your life. Because Dad Hagen had said, he said, God, I've obeyed you. Therefore, he could come boldly and ask for his wife's healing. You see, it's not, it's very difficult to be bold before the throne when you know you're not obeying God. Yeah. When you know you're in disobedience to what he's told you to do, how are you going to come, come boldly and say, I need my, I, I believe you for my, my, my body to be healed, or I believe you for finances. How are you going to do that when you know you're in disobedience? Your own conscience will cause you to draw back. Yeah. <laughs> right. And when your conscience is not, is not, clean before God, because maybe you haven't been obeying God, your faith is going to be hindered. Right. Your conscience has to be clear for your faith to be bold. Mm -hmm. It must, you must have a clear conscience. That means you must know on the inside of you, I'm doing all I know to do to obey God. No, I'm not perfect at it. No, I don't do it all right, but my heart is perfect toward it. I'm constantly reaching. I'm constantly addressing myself to cooperate with God. Now, the next thing that I want you to see in Dad Hagen in telling this story out of this book, I Believe in Visions, and it's in chapter five, God said to, Jesus said to Dad Hagen when he appeared, he said, she will live and not die. He said, tell her to be operated on, she will live and not die. Now, I want you to see this. Jesus appeared to Dad Hagen. The natural person would think, well, why don't you just heal her? Why are you telling me to have her operated on? Well, see, Dad Hagen was, what he had prayed about was that she wouldn't die prematurely. It doesn't say he was believing for her healing. He was, he was praying for her life to be rescued. Now, where Mom Hagen, we don't know, maybe her faith was toward the operation. That was, a that was a victory for their faith to be operated on because they sensed in their spirits that if she was operated on, she would die. So it took faith to be operated on, right? Jesus told them, be, tell her to go ahead and be operated on. She will live and not die. So notice this, if he said, tell her to be operated on, she will live and not die. They couldn't decide, well, you know what? I'm just going to believe that we won't have to have the operation. That's not what Jesus said. You have to do it the way Jesus told you. So it's so important to not decide the way you want him to rescue you. 
Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that everyone has to be operated on. I'm saying you have to, ha what is God leading you to do? Because he's going to lead you based on what your faith can grab hold of. So don't try to change what you have in your heart that he's telling you to do. He said, tell her to be operated on, she'll live and not die. Well, what if they decide, you know something, we're just going to believe for her to be healed divinely. We're not going to have the operation. She would have died. Because he said, tell her to be operated on, she will live and not die. And what a great testimony we got out of that. What help we receive. Amen. Amen. So he was, he was guiding her and he was guiding them in how they were to respond to this. And I love, Dad Hagen said, when she had the operation, he said, even though the doctors were greatly concerned about my wife's condition, my wife and I had great joy because we already knew the outcome in advance. Thank God for knowing the outcome in advance. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. He will show us things to come. Why? So that we can know. Do you know the word is showing you the outcome in advance? When the word says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, he's showing you the outcome in advance. Anything when the spirit speaks specifically to you and tells you what to do, he is showing you the outcome in advance. You will have to hold to that outcome so that you will not be swayed by what you're going to face. They were facing the doctor's report. They were facing her surgery, but they were holding to wait. Jesus said she'll live and not die. So you hold to what the word tells you. You hold to what the Holy Spirit shows you. And when you do, you can face any troubling opposition untroubled. Amen. I want to pray for you right now, right where you're at. Many of you have needs. This is being aired all over the world. So many different needs are represented. Let's do what Dad Hagen did. Let's take in faith our request to God. So Father, I lift up these precious people, so many different needs represented. And Father, I join my faith with them that right now, right where they're at, as they voice their need to you, I release my faith with them. And Father, we, we all come releasing our faith, not just speaking our need. Yes, we make our need known, but we release our faith and we believe you for the needs in their lives to receive divine help, divine answers. We thank you. We, we ask you and expect you to show them what they need to know, that they hear what they need to hear, that they see what they need to see, that the, the revelation and the light of the word that they may need, that it comes to them. I release my faith with them. And I speak to their bodies. I speak to pain you leave in Jesus' name. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, I speak to pain to leave your body in Jesus' name. Someone's being healed right up the back of your neck. If you'll just move that neck around. I mean, not, not just, not timidly, not cautiously, just move that, just move that neck around. Power's working. Uh, there's somebody else that your knee is being healed right now. Somebody else, your elbow's being healed right now. Give action to that anointing. We're not checking to see if it worked. We're giving action to it. Hallelujah. I speak to those bound by fear. You be free in Jesus' name. 
those that you're tormented in your mind. I speak peace in Jesus' name. Satan, you take your hands off their mind in Jesus' name. And right where you're at, if that, if that applies to you, say, Father, I receive it. I release my faith. You long to help me and I let you help me. Let him help you by believing he's working. Power is working right now. There's somebody else. He's working right now on your children. Grown children that are wayward from God. They're away from God. His power is around them. He's working with them. Receive it. Believe it. Just say, Father, I thank you. Instead of worrying about them, say, I thank you that you're working. Your power's around my children. In Jesus' name, we believe in the power of God. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.